Podcast. Hi, I'm your host, Dr. Grace Ambrose Zakin, inventor of the pediatric bell cane and current president and CEO of the nonprofit Safe Toddles. Safe Toddles, our mission is to provide parents with a white cane solution for keeping their blind baby safe to explore and learn. This year, I have been sharing the interviews I conducted in 1999 through 2001 with over 100 employed adults who were blind or mobility visually impaired. The interviews are about their experiences before, during, and after receiving orientation and mobility instruction. The purpose of my interviews was to talk to them about their travel before, during, and after getting orientation and mobility instruction. I began this project in 1999, two years after I was hired as a project coordinator and associate professor in orientation and mobility for Hunter College of the City University of New York. The project began because I needed to know what impact my profession had on the lives of those we taught. It started out as a qualitative research project, meaning I went in only with an interest in learning from my subjects. So I started with no preset list of questions, no preset hypothesis to prove or disprove. I only wanted to learn what the people wanted to teach me. Over time, a list of questions began to form. And by 2001, when I interviewed Frank, the first of our interviewees, I was using this list of questions. I interviewed him on June 16, 2001. He is our first because he was born in 1915. So in 1915, that was 30 years before the long white cane was even invented. So he would have he would be an adult before there was even news of this mobility tool. It was also 17 years before the Lions Club cane, which was a very short cane for mostly letting drivers know you were blind and you were about to cross the street. It was 14 years before the very first guide dog school in the United States. He was born 15 miles from the second school for the blind to be founded in the United States. That's where he went to school, the New York Institute for the Blind. And that was founded in 1831 in the Bronx, New York. And I'll interject throughout the way to try to bring in some context about what I was understanding from what he was telling me. But Frank is a delight and joy. Super. Okay, so let's get started. Talk to me. Uh, please state and spell your full name. Frank, that's easy. I don't have to spell it. Okay. Huh? F R A A K. That's me. Okay. D U R D O V I C. Okay. And your date of birth? Someone making a call? What the hell is that? Uh, okay, where were you born? City and state. Hastings on the Hudson. In New York. And where do you live now? Uh, 9000 Shore Road. What city? In New York. Okay. Brooklyn. Brooklyn. Yeah. Um, you're retired? Yeah. What are you retired from? Uh, Berkey Photo Service. 
So what did you do for a living? Well, I worked in a defense plant during the war. Me? Uh, what's your highest education? Uh, high school. Okay. And how long have you had a vision impairment? Oh, I was born this way. Uh, what's the name of it? Uh, undeveloped retina. Okay. And do you have functional vision? No. Are you totally blind? Yeah. Okay. When did you first realize that you were visually impaired? When I was a kid. Yeah. Uh, when did you learn to travel independent of another person? Oh, as soon as I got out of school. So, after high school? Uh, yeah. Yeah. What did you do before uh, you got instruction? Did you uh, travel independent of other people? Did you go by yourself places? No. No. How would you do that then? No, I was, well, I went to a boarding school. Okay. Did you use any kind of mobility tool? No. And did you have any mishaps because of that? Oh, yeah. Yeah? Sure, sure. Do you remember any specific times? Well, when I was, when I was skating on the, on the ground, and uh, I fell over a rock and my nose stuck in the mud. Oh, my. So, because you were roller skating. Yeah, sure. So, I mean, that's likely to happen to anybody. Well, yeah, well, it happened to me. What about, how did you find your way around campus without a cane? I mean, did you... Oh, how'd you do that? How'd you learn it? Well, when you went to school, you know, they showed you the way around the rooms and, and classes. We used to go to class, you know, like any... What you did? How did how'd you knew where you were? No, it just came to me easy. Yeah. Um, did you remember getting lost? Uh, in school, though. Where? When I was traveling one time in the winter. I was... I got lost in the snow. What did you do? Is there any special cane technique that you had to use, or...? No. In the beginning, I didn't use a cane. Yeah. So when, when you got lost in the snow, was that recently or back when you were a kid? Oh, no, when I was a kid. Yeah. So that must have been scary. Well, it was. I didn't like it. How were you able to find your way back? How were you able to retrace your steps? I don't know, you know, I say it was so long ago. Yeah. home from boarding school, um, did you, you go with your family, um, places, that's how you mostly did it? No, when I, uh, when I, when I came home, 
take the bus? Oh, I took a train and trained in the trolley and a bus. A big trip. My goodness. So this is without a cane? Yes. How did you do that? I, I just did. Yeah. Can you remember the trip? I mean, do you remember your thoughts? No, I just, uh, you know, it became, it became, you know, a trip, but just, just something I got used to. Yeah. Pe like anything else. Would people help you along the way? Uh, sometimes. Where'd you get your ticket from? Huh? Your tickets. My ticket? Yeah, don't you need tickets to ride the train? Well, no, they're, they're, those days you had to pay. Uh, when you were on the train? Yeah, you know, you got the, you know, where they make the change, you know, that's where you got your tokens and then on the bus and trolley you had to pay, you know. Right. And so did you have any help with that or that was all by yourself? <laughs> I had help, it was embarrassing sometimes. Tell me. What did you say? I laughed. Yeah. I said, you know, I said, my eyes are the problem, not my feet. Yeah. Did, so at that time, you were carrying a cane? Uh, at that time, uh, no, I didn't carry a cane in the beginning, no. 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 Um, so when did you get um, any instruction, if any? Did you? Get O&M instruction? He said when... Uh, not really, no. No? You never in your life? Yeah, yeah, I had somebody come out here and, and they, they tried to give me instruction, but they, they thought that I know it all. So that, Brooklyn, you, that you didn't need any in Brooklyn? Yeah, no, I didn't need any. No. That's neat. So you, have, you are basically self-taught. Yeah. That's what it comes down to. Yeah. How did you... Um, but without the cane, I had some experiences. I fell off the platform a few times. You did? Subway tracks. Oh, my. What happened? Walking without a cane. Yeah. I just took a step and there wasn't, there wasn't any, any ground to walk on. Oh, my. So there was no train coming in. That's good. Oh, thank God. That was good, yeah. Yeah. But did you get hurt? No, I, no, I jumped up, you know. Wow. That's very high. <laughs> yeah, it's about chest high. But yeah. yeah. <sighs> I, I hit him more. I hit the BMP and the IRT and the independent line. Oh, so you got to go in all the tracks. Yeah, enough of them. Three times. Three times. And I figured I'd better need a cane. And then my wife got after me to use a cane. Yeah. So three times over how many years? Oh, I'd say maybe over, over uh, roughly 15 or 20 years. So over 20 years without a cane. Yeah, sure. You only went in three times? Yeah, that's enough. That's not very bad. <laughs> 
that's pretty good, in fact. What strategies would you use? Uh, do you follow people? I mean, what do you do without a cane to... to yeah, you listen, you know, you follow people. And another time I was with a... I was with a blind and uh, I pitched off the platform. And there was another blind man with me. And the woman said... I was going downtown. There was a woman on the opposite side. alone everywhere to and from work without the cane? No, no, I, I use the cane with work. Okay. Because I had to go from the Bronx to downtown. Yeah. Downtown New York. So how old were you when you got your first cane? In my 20s. Yeah. Yeah. So by that time you had fallen into the tracks three times in your 20s. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty quick. Yeah. That hurts. Um, and do you remember where you got it from? Uh, no. Maybe somebody gave it me. I forget. Yeah. And what what was it made out of? It's wood. Yeah. And pretty short. Yeah. I'm kind of tall. I go about five ten or something like that. Uh huh. And the cane. Where did it come up to you at? Yeah, about, uh, maybe waist high or something like that. So what did you think of the cane after all those years? I, I thought the cane, uh, it was a nuisance until, until they got the folding cane, you know. Oh, uh, why is that? Oh, you gotta hang when you're on and crazy around. Yeah. This way, you fold it. you like, oh, this is, you know, what I've been missing in my life, or, or is... I didn't think about it, no. No. And did anybody teach you what to do with it, or did you just use it? Well, I, I, I use it, and uh, someone said I use it wrong. Uh-huh. I don't know what they mean by using it wrong. Right. But <laughs> my wife, when I used to come to see her, it would be hanging on my arm, I didn't use it. Well, that's right. If you're not using it, you couldn't be using it wrong. <laughs> yeah, they, they have different methods of teaching. You know, you put the cane on the left side, and you know that the ground is solid, and you can put your left foot forward, and you swing 
so you that's neat I like that so you use that and um, to go along the edge any other things what about finding a seat or getting on or getting off or no sometimes uh, you know you Why is that? Because I got stuck in the behind with a hat pin. Oh, you were about to sit on somebody. Yeah. He was ready for me. <laughs> you big animal? I said, I'm no animal and I'm not that big. Oh. <laughs> so, um, with a cane, how did you find seats? Well, you... Yeah, 
sure. What are your strategies when you get lost, to get unlost? Well, it, it only happened to me one time. Uh-huh. That was in the... In the snowstorm I got lost. That was the one time? Yeah. And how do you keep yourself from ever getting lost? Huh? How do you do that so that you never get lost? How do you do that? Well, you hope you never do. <laughs> You just make sure that you're always someplace you know where you are? Well, most of the time, yeah. 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 Um, have you used, do you use maps of any kind? No. Okay. Um, why not? I don't know. I just never thought of it. What's one thing that happens frequently when you're traveling that you like the least? people holler at you? Well, you know, to ask any questions, you got to holler so loud. Who needs it? So just when you're talking to them, they'll yell? Yeah, sure, they yell, yeah. Oh. Like if, if, like if you're blind, everything, everything else is wrong with you. <laughs> That's the way it makes you feel. Yeah, like you're dumb. Oh. So not only are they yelling, they're also talking down to you. Yeah, well... I put them in their place. How do you do that? Just, uh, just can you do any better? Close your eyes and try it. Yeah, absolutely. That's right. That's right. Um, what do you want uh, sighted pedestrians to do when they want to help? That. How could they, you know, oh, do no, that? We, we, we have to educate them because the organization don't. So every time you come in contact with someone, you feel it's your responsibility to educate them? Well, yeah, I, I, feel, I feel to help them, yeah. Because a lot of times they want to help you and they... Not only is it's weird. Yeah. <laughs> Someone comes up and like grabs a no, I, I PCR. If they want to help me, I hold on to them. Okay. And my wife get the same uh, results. I don't want them to hold me because they could leave me in the middle of the road and run away. Yeah. So when you hold on to them, you got to know where they're going. Yes. And you can always let go if you want. Yeah, if you want. Yeah. Yeah. Neat. Um, what kinds of things do you use as landmarks? Uh, I, I don't know of any really, you know, you can tell like if, you, if you're walking. 
have that from just doing it? Yeah. Yeah. Do you belong to any professional or consumer organizations? No, I do not. Okay. Um, what do you attribute to your present level of mobility? Just, just doing it, you know. Yeah. It's like habit for me, you know what I mean? <laughs> so just doing it uh, makes it a part of your life. Yeah, right. Yeah. It's part of you. Yeah. Would you have any advice to future O&M instructors that you would give? Hit me with that again. I teach... Um, up-and-coming teachers yeah. who are going to be O&M instructors, orientation mobility instructors, and I wonder if you would have any advice for them. I don't know what you mean. Uh, Anything that they could um, take with them when they go to teach someone who is blind. should also listen and ask good questions of the student. Oh, sure. Uh, would you get more instruction? Would I? Yeah. No. Uh, okay, why not? Because I don't, I don't need it. <laughs> good. Well, um, I wonder if you... Um, how you feel about um, the changeover on all the years that you look back in um, the different tools and the different philosophies? Well, I think a lot of the changes are not for the better. Tell me, what do you mean? Well, <laughs> the, uh, the computers, see, too many blind now, they, they, don't, they don't learn Braille. Okay. Say it. reading selection, I mean, if you look back in your own, you know, experience, how many different novels did you have to choose from in Braille? 
Whereas now, they can put everything in Braille, and they do. You can order from a book publisher Braille. Well, you got the libraries, you can order. And the libraries can order what you want, and it's all... So I think that in that respect, um, plus the information, you can get all that read to you, and I don't know. No, but this you have on what they call a talking book. Well, they have those too, that's true. The machines, you know, the talking books. They've had those for a while. That's true. But that discourages people from reading Braille. I think the blind are lazy. Well, you know, people are people. For sure. You know, and some people, you know, whatever. I don't know, you know. There's a lot of people who don't read who are sighted. <laughs> All they do is watch TV. It's a little scary. Uh, that, that's true, yeah. You know? But you're, I mean, I think that, um, you know, your your point is taken also with your traveling, is that you just got out and did it. You, you know, you'd go from person to person, you'd go to and from work, you would just do it. Yeah. And uh, don't think twice about it. Well, that's true. And see, another thing with the Braille, you know, you get a lot of canned goods and stuff like that. My wife will uh, want the cans, you know. Yeah. So. Well, that's the interview. That's all my questions. No, I'm too bad. No? No. I'm glad. I, uh, I'm, I'm very glad. Maybe I didn't help you too much. Well, I don't know. I think you did. I like that hat pin story. You like that, huh? Uh, I think your stories of not, of traveling without a cane are very interesting. And, you know, the good and the bad. Yeah. The, the hat pin story, I didn't like that. I thought it was pretty funny. <laughs> I would have... Oh, no! Yeah, sure, boy. She jammed me right on. Oh! Ow! Well, no, I don't like it anymore. Yeah. Oh, listen, I forgot to tell you. What? I used to... I used to be a musician. I used to play in bands. Okay. Yeah, I made... I was a very good trumpet player. I was good. Yeah. And I worked with four-piece bands. Okay. And, uh... Did, where... Where'd you used to play? Like in Harlem and stuff? No, no, different nightclubs in Brooklyn and... Cool. Yeah. And now I have a keyboard I fool around with now. Yeah. Yeah. So I have fun with that. Yeah. And then I have an organ. Well, I often wished I would have learned music, but I didn't. I love to listen to music, though. I love uh, to dance. I love music. You're good. That'll go. Me, too. Yeah. There's nothing better. Really relaxing. Yeah. Well, I wonder if uh, Marie might want to do or to reschedule. <laughs> you want to talk to Marion? Marion? Yeah. Good morning. Talk. Yeah. Yeah. My motto is not 
said regrets i have a few listening back to this interview i wish i had dug a little deeper and learned a little bit more but the take-home is of course from frank blind kids can and do grow up get a job get married have a family 
Lack of mobility tools did not have to mean a lack of a full life. But if you were listening closely, Frank's journey was harder than the average sighted person with a high school diploma. Life without mobility tools was infinitely harder. And growing up without them did not lead to success with them once they became available. Growing up without mobility tools left its mark. It was indelible. Frank endured, and thank goodness he did. But thank goodness also that mobility tools were finally invented to make life less difficult for people born blind or mobility visually impaired. You've been listening to the Safe Toddles podcast with your host, writer and producer, Dr. Grace Ambrose-Zakin. Contact Safe Toddles, info at safetoddles.org for more information about these interviews and the information provided within them. We have videos, blogs, and more on our social media at Safe Toddles. And remember, you can go where you want to, so do it as safely as possible. Safe Toddles, our mission is to provide parents with a white cane solution for keeping their blind baby safe to explore and learn. Dance. Oh, let's save the dance.